You are listening to the Manifesting God podcast with your host, Marie Elizabeth. This podcast will uplift and thrust you into the manifestation of the promises of God in your life. Good evening, good evening. You are listening to the Manifesting God podcast, and I am your host, Prophetess Marie Elizabeth. I thank you all so much for joining me on today. Happy, happy Monday evening. I hope you had your fill of humidity because here in Delaware, it's hot. I thank you all again for joining me. Now, listen, we want to talk about something tonight that most people breeze right by. They don't want to talk about it because it requires a level of patience that most do not want to address. A level of patience, a level of tolerance with yourself, with your own self, that most of us try to ignore. So what we want to talk about today is the weight, W-A-I-T, and the weight, W-E-I-G-H-T. Now, I'm going to talk to you today about it in the context, in my particular context, which is would be the weight and the weight of the prophet, but what I, or prophetess, which would be me. But I want you to put yourself in, in the place of the prophet or the prophetess, if that's the calling that you walk in, any calling that you believe that God has called you to, I want you to put yourself in that place. Even if it's just being a Christian, a born again believer and walking in simply the promises of God, there is still a weight, W-A-I-T for you and a weight, W-E-I-G-H-T for you. So we want to go to, uh, let's see, let's go to the second Kings 2. Go to 2 Kings 2. And again, we're talking about the weight, W-A-I-T, and the weight, W-E-I-G-H-T. The thing that no one wants any part of, either of those. We don't want to wait, and we don't want the burden of carrying our own weight. We don't want either. We don't want either. We have become such a dependent such a dependent people, not only not only on our leadership and not only on, you know, those that 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 war with us, our sisters and brothers, but even to God himself, we're becoming a weight, a W-E-I-G-H-T. And let me tell you something. This is what you become when you don't want to wait. W-A-I-T, when we don't want to wait on the burden, the load that God has for us to carry, now we become a burden. Now we become heavy on him. Now we become heavy on him. Let's go to, again, 2 Kings 2, and I'm going to start at verse 1, and we're going to use for an example, Elijah and Elisha, okay? So in verse one, it says, and it came to pass when the Lord would take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. Gilgal in Hebrew is that movement. It means movement. Okay. Verse two, and Elijah said to Elisha, tarry here, I pray thee. For the Lord has sent me, he sent me to Bethel, just me. And Elisha said unto him, 
as the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they, so they went down to Bethel, the house of God in Hebrew, that is. So they moved, they moved to the house of God. He would not separate from him. Elisha would not separate from Elijah. Okay. Verse three says, and the sons of the prophets that were at Bethel, that were out, that were at the house of God, they, they came forth to Elisha. They came forth to him and they said unto him, knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today. And he said, yeah, I know it. Hold your peace. So I know what's about to happen. I know what's coming. I'm going to wait right here. I'm not going to allow you to move me. Let's continue. Verse four. And Elijah said unto him, Elisha, tarry here. I pray thee for the Lord. Again, he sent me. He sent me to Jericho. And he said, as the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, again, I will not leave thee. So they came, they came to Jericho. They came to Jericho. And Jericho here is a, a place of fragrance. And that, when I thought of that, that Jericho is defined in Hebrew as a place of fragrance, I also thought of that sacrifice, that altar, that God desires a sweet smelling savor, a fragrance, a fragrance, an altar. When you come together for an altar, there is a fragrance that God is looking for. And he said, I'm continuing in verse four, as the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they, they came to Jericho. So they came to Bethel and now they came to Jericho. And the sons of the two prophets that were at Jericho, the place of fragrance, they said to Elisha, again, they're not going to Elijah. They're going to Elisha, the one that is following. They went to Elisha and said unto him, knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? And he answered, yea, I know it. Hold your peace. I know it. Hold your peace. I got to pause right there because this is the second time, the second time that Elisha is approached, approached when he is walking with the man of God and he's being told, you're about to lose your covering. You're about to lose your covering. How many of us, how many of us allow others to distract us away from our fellowship? And for what reason? Do we allow? Because I guarantee you, the Bible tells us that if we're led away, if we're led, we're led by our own lust. So what, what have you allowed? Whom have you allowed to pull you away from your followership? And look in the mirror. What lust 
have I allowed to pull me away from my followership? So if you were, if had Elisha been pulled away, Elisha would have been pulled away from the house of God. Elisha would have been pulled away from the fragrance of God. Elisha would have been pulled away from his headship, from his headship. Okay, verse six says, and Elijah, let me see, did I do verse five? This doesn't probably up. Verse six says, and Elijah said unto him, Terry, I pray thee here, stay here, for the Lord hath sent again me. He just sent me to Jordan to go. And Jordan is, uh, let me see, a place of descent in Hebrew. So he's going down. He's going down. Stay with me. Stay with me. You know I'm going somewhere. Stay with me. Stay with me. And he said, as the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, come on, one more time, I will not leave thee. And what? And they too went on. Oh, we're going to break this down. Stay with me. Stay with me. Verse 7, and 50 men of the sons of the prophet went and they stood to view afar off they stood to view afar off and this is when he was in jordan so they did not go they did not say anything to elisha when elisha went to follow elijah down they didn't try to stop him instead they just stood afar off come on notice the people who stand afar off when it's time to go down when it's time to go down Look for those people. Note those people that stand afar off when it's time for you to go down. Time to go down. Elijah here. Now let's let's back up a little bit because that's something I want to show you here. So we understand, we understand that Elijah was initially in Gilgal. And we know that Hebrew considers Gilgal is defined as movement. So they move from that place just aligning with scripture. They moved from that place. And from that place, they went to Bethel. They went to the house of God. So they moved to the house of God. Then they went to Jericho, the place of fragrance. And then from there, they came to Jordan. And again, you went to Jericho. They went to that place of fragrance. I said that place of an altar, possibly that place of sacrifice, the place that would generate a fragrance that God is looking for. And from there, they went down, they went down, they went down. And each time that they moved, except for when they went down, Elisha was reminded that he was about to lose something something precious to him. He was reminded that he was about to lose his headship. But in fact, there was a headship that was waiting on Elijah that Elisha had been following all along. And when you think back to Elisha and Elijah, you got to remember, think about back in, um, back in first uh, Kings, I believe it is 19, when Elijah confronted uh, Ahab and then the pro and then Elijah e e Ahab's wife said we're going to Jezebel said oh I'm gonna have your head by the end of the day and he went hiding and he said it's only God it's only me left it's only me and God said no no I have many more that haven't bowed down to me now I need you to get up and you eat get up and then you're gonna you're gonna throw your mantle on Elisha and from the very beginning and this is the part that caught my attention. From the very beginning, Elijah, his relationship with Elisha basically was 
tarry here. He never, he did as God instructed him, but he never, he never told Elisha to follow him, even from the, from the initial time that he gave Elisha, that he threw his mantle on Elisha, he never told Elisha to follow him. When Elisha said, wait a minute, let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Let me go back and prepare a meal and give my last goodbye. Elijah looked at him like, I don't really care. He gave him a response of, what do I have to do with, what do I have to do with that? What do I have to do with you? I don't, I, he did not beg him to follow him. He had no intentions of, of shepherding Elisha. He didn't invite him on his, on his future journeys. He didn't invite him to follow. How many of us are sitting now in a pew, sitting now in our homes, waiting on an invitation from a leader to follow them? You're waiting on an invitation. You can't move your excuse. Your excuse for staying where you're at is you're waiting on an invitation from a mighty man of God or mighty woman of God to beg you to follow them, to invite you to follow them. So what am I telling you? I'm telling you that Elijah never asked Elisha to follow him. That's how their relationship started. And here we are where their relationship is nearing an end and he isn't inviting him to follow him here either. Nope, don't need you to move with me from the place of Bethel. Nope, don't need you to go with me to the house of God. Nope. Don't need you to go with me to the place of fragrance and definitely don't need you for me to go for us to go to the place of dissension. Don't need you. Don't need you. Not asking you. God is only calling me. He's only calling me. What am I saying? We're sitting in sometimes and and we're not activating what God has given us because number one. We're stuck at Gilgal. Even though it's a place of movement, we won't move. So then when we finally do decide to move to go to the house of God, it's like one of these places we stay in. We either won't move from Gilgal. We won't go to Bethel where the house of God is. We won't go to Jericho. We won't go to the uh, place of fragrance, altar sacrifice. We're not doing any of that. And we're definitely not going to Jordan where it's the place of dissension. We're definitely not doing that. We're waiting on a special invitation from our leadership. We're waiting on a special invitation from God to engage what God has for us. And, and can I tell you that a lot of times when what we're waiting on is for us to get over our own fear. Remember, we talked about that last week. We're still in prison, captivated by our own fear, and we won't move forward. We won't move forward. Now, see, when Eli Elijah knew, Elisha knew that he was about to lose Elijah, he didn't know what, he, what was going to be left for him what was going to fill the place of his leadership, of his headship. He did not know what was going to fill that place, but nevertheless, he chose to follow. He chose to follow through every phase. He chose to follow through the house of God. He chose to follow through the place of fragrance. He chose to even follow in the place of dissension, uninvited. He chose to follow. What are we choosing to follow uninvited? Whom are we choosing to follow uninvited? Are we following God? Or are we following our own will? Because that's easier. Because I'm going to tell you, um, Jordan, the place of dissension, 
That's not an easy place to volunteer to follow. Most of us would be like the folks who are back at Jericho at the place of fragrance at the house of God saying, hey, did you know, giving a word to the person that is following, did you know that your, your master, your leader is about to travel the world and leave you? Did you know that? Did you know that your leadership is about to, is about to embark on new journeys without, did you know, did you know? And see, we don't have a we don't have a ready answer. We don't know how to tell the 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 onlookers, if you will. We don't know how to tell the onlookers, hold your peace. Instead, we stay paralyzed. But Elisha was able to keep moving forward. Now, there's a verse that I want to show you something in. Let's see. It was so as they went to Jordan. Okay, we did that. Okay. So now we just got done talking about, we talked about the weight. We were talking about how Elisha was following Elijah. He had been following Elijah, I think about six years. Theologians say approximately six years prior. That was when he met Elijah, when Elijah had threw his mantle on him and didn't invite him then and still is not inviting him today. And he's still following. So in his followership with no invitation, can you imagine what he's learning, what he's seen in this time? So he's he, he knows he's walking with a true man of God, a major prophet of this time and he is not moving away so we understand his weight we understand that he's moving with his man of god no matter what happens he didn't know if he was going to be taken up with elijah he stayed with elijah now we talked about the weight w-a-i-t he waited he waited to see what the end was going to bring he just followed he just followed now let's talk about the weight the w-e-i-g-h-t in verse eight same chapter verse eight it says, now pay attention, and Elijah took his mantle, which is the prophet's garment that represents, come on, it represents glory, it represents splendor, and it represents magnificence. It represents glory. Come on, we know that word, moment. glory. It represents glory, it represents splendor, and it represents magnificence. Okay, and he wrapped it together. The Hebrew word for wrap is folded. And then it says, and he smote. The Hebrew word for smote is to strike, to beat, or to give a thrust, to give a thrust, okay? And then it says, and the waters. The waters in Hebrew represent transition. It represents not permanent. It represents refreshing, okay? And they were divided. So he took his mantle, he took his garment that represents glory, splendor, and magnificent. He folded it, wrapped it, and he thrust it, he smote it at the waters, at transition, at what was not permanent, at refreshing. And they were divided. And they were divided. Hebrew. Hebrew, therefore, divided is cut in two, cut short, live half of one's life. And then it says, it says, and he cast it, he threw, he thrust his mantle at the waters and they were divided hither and thither so that they too went on dry ground. They too went on dry ground. Now stay with me. I'm about to show you something. Elijah. Okay. So if we read this, with the Hebrew words, okay, replacing, replacing the 
the and we will say the English words for our sake, the English words. So we understand that the mantle is the prophet's garment and it represents glory, splendor, and magnificent. We understand that um that um he together that he wrapped it and wrapped in Hebrew is folded and he smote he smote the mantle and smote here we remember now it means to give a thrust and the waters if you write it all down i'm gonna read it to you in a minute but i'm going to read it to you with the hebrew de definition replacing the english word okay the waters remember waters is hebrew for transitory or not permanent refreshing and they were divided they were cut they were cut in two and it says it represents half of one's life. That's what the Hebrew meaning is. Hither and thither, so that they too went over to dry ground. They too went over to dry ground. So here we go. Elijah took his mantle. He folded it. He gave it a thrust to that which was transitory, refreshing, and not permanent. That's the waters. And they were cut or divided or lit or or um, they were cut or divided, as divided is defined in the Hebrew, right? Okay, so cut or divided, okay? Elijah's mantle, once given a thrust by Elijah, here we go, Elijah's mantle, once given a thrust by Elijah, divided or cut in half into, cut into his life, his life, separating that which was fresh, refreshing, and transitory or able to be transferred. Let me read it to you again. And remember, I'm reading this verse. And Elijah took his mantle and he wrapped it together and he smote the waters and they were divided hither and thither so that the two went on dry ground. So write this down. I'm replacing the words mantle, wrapped, smote, waters, I'm replacing them with their Hebrew meaning, with their Hebrew meaning to say, Elijah divided or cut into his life, separating into that which was glory, refreshing and transitory or able to be transferred. Elijah now no longer, picture it now, no longer one with his mantle as he prepares to cross over Jordan or to leave the place of descent because Jordan was the place of descent. He is nearing his ascent. He's nearing his ascent. And so he's moving now with extra weight, W-E-I-G-H-T, in preparation for the transference and refreshing of Elisha. So when he smote his mantle, he separated it. He separated it. And mantle represents glory, splendor, and magnificence. So he separated it. He separated the mantle. And it meant when he separated, he separated into glory, splendor, and magnificence. And when he smote it against the water, he separated into what was transitory, what was not permanent, what he no longer needed. See, he no longer, he was about to go to glory, to the glory. He no longer required it. I'm going to keep on reading. Let's continue. Let's continue. Stay with me. Stay with me. And it came to pass when they were going over that is Elijah, and that was 
This is what went over with Elijah. Remember now, he was in that place of dissension. He thrust his mantle. He separated. He separated it into what was transitory. He separated the glory, the splendor, the magnificent, magnificence. He separated it, okay? He separated it, and then he took all of it, and he crossed over to Jordan. He crossed over to Jordan, okay? And, and then it says in verse 9, and it came to pass when they were going over, Elijah, and he had everything, including, you remember, he, he, he thrust it against the water, so he separated it, the glory, the splendor, the magnificence, into what was transitory and what was refreshing. And now, no longer one mantle, he's got the weight of all of it, and he's crossing the Jordan, Elijah is, with all of this with all of this, okay? And then it says here in verse um, in verse nine that I'm continuing that Elijah said to Elisha, he said to him, ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee, okay? And, and Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. In verse 10, it says, and he said, Thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, it shall be un it shall be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. So if you see me, you get it. If you don't see me, you don't. So as they were walking along together, suddenly, 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 a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them. The spirit, the chariots of fire had to separate them because Elijah, Elisha was not volunteering to separate from Elijah. So the chariots of fire, the chariots of fire and the horses of fire, they had to to come between them and break them apart. And when they broke them apart, the thrust of being pushed apart, pushed apart, caused what Elijah no longer required. That which he had separated of his mantle, when he thrust it, it caused it to fall down to Elijah. So Elijah now had the, the material mantle and he had the glory and he had the splendor and he had the magnificence. It fell down on him. It fell down on him, but he had to wait. He had to W-A-I-T, wait. He had to wait for that glory. He had to wait. He had to wait. So, so what we see today, what we think, remember I'm talking in my context, what we see today, when we see prophets and prophetess prophesying today, we're looking at a lot of people that did not wait for their weight, W-E-I-G-H-T, of glory. So they do not have the glow of the splendor or the magnificence of the glory because they refuse to wait, W-A-I-T. They refuse to walk and serve a man or a woman of God. And that is the only way you can receive glory of God. It's not going to come. It's not going to come. Listen, there are prerequisites. There are prerequisites to touching God. 
prophets. There are prerequisites to hearing God. There are prerequisites to speaking what God is speaking. There are prerequisites to seeing what God is saying is seeing. Listen, even in just a Christian walk, there are prerequisites to the promises of God. If you will not wait for your weight of glory, you will not wait for it, then you will not receive it. Now, let's not get it twisted. This is Elijah and Elisha's example. Don't you be sitting somewhere waiting for somebody to die for you to get something. You will never, ever, God will not bless you. You walk worthy of the vocation wherein you are called right now, according to your understanding. You don't sit. What? What? Let me tell you something. What parent? What parent should should die, should leave this earth and never see, never see the promises of God upon their the lives of their children? I'm not talking about if your children believe God or trust God or not. Do your children believe you believe God? then you should see the promises of God manifesting over their lives. And then they mature to the point where they have to wait for that next in God and to be able, they waited for the weight of the glory to fall on their lives so that you can see the manifestation of God really working through them. But you should see the blessings of God over their lives because they believe the God that you believe, because you've given them such an example, let alone your leadership, that they have to, they, that they're supposed to sit and, 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 and just hope upon a star, that they can see that all the teaching that they've given you has manifested. No, Elisha showed Elijah what he had learned when he would not leave him. That's been his calling from day one. Because initially, when Elijah threw the mantle on Elisha, he did not invite him to follow him. He did not invite him to serve him. Elisha made a decision. Elisha, like you, made a decision to serve his leadership and to wait and to wait on his weight of glory. Elisha made a decision. He made a decision. He made a decision even when the onlookers were telling him where that he that he was going to lose his master. Do you not think that years prior, when when Elijah threw his mantle on Elisha, when Elisha turned around to prepare that last meal for his family and to leave the, do you think his family were like, "Oh, bless you, go be blessed"? Don't you think? Come on, because he was the worker. He was out in the field working. Do you think they wanted to lose Elisha? Oh no, they were probably. I, I, I believe they were like, well, wait a minute. We don't, you don't even know him. And all Elisha knew was he threw, this is a man of God, and he threw something on me, at me, around me. Don't even matter. I'm following him. He walked past. He didn't tell me not to. I'm following right along. And even though Elijah didn't invite him and didn't probably make it comfortable for him to walk alongside of him, the way Elijah said it, the way Elijah sounded in that text, it actually sounded like Elijah sped up its pace. Like, I don't, I don't even care. And he probably, I mean, come on, he went and prepared. He had to kill the animal. He had to prepare the meal, Elijah did. And then he had to sit down and eat with his family, have a conversation. And the Bible does not tell us Elijah sat there and waited for all that. So he had to run and catch up with Elijah. 
like some of us need to today. We need to run and catch up with our leadership. Run up and run them down. Catch them. Get, get, catch him or her. And then, you know, I can, listen, I can tell you of a truth a many times, a many times, and speaking with my apostle, there are many times when he, he's not, he's not inviting me here, there, everywhere. He doesn't invite me. No, I just follow. You look up, I'm there. I just follow. I just follow. I don't, I don't need an invitation to know where God is. I don't need an invitation to know that I'm supposed to that I'm supposed to follow my leader and learn from him. I don't need an invitation. Listen, I don't need an invitation to go to the house of God. I don't need an invitation to go to the altar. I don't need an invitation to descend. I don't need an invitation. I don't need an invitation to cross over. I don't need an invitation. All I know is he went that way. And for you, if your leader is a he or she, y'all, you know, it's he or she went that way. So that's the way I'm going. That's the way I'm going. We are sitting still, chilling and relaxing because and being one of the number because nobody has extended to us an invitation to actually participate. So we're not trying to participate. So get off off your comfy chair, off your cushiony chair and get up and get to work. Invite your own self. Okay, so if you didn't know, I now formally invite you to the table. I invite you to the house of God, and you are formally invited to the altar of sacrifice. You are also invited to descend, and you are also invited. I remember I didn't say ascend. You're invited to descend. You're invited to descend go down, go down, sit down, shut up. You are invited. You are cordially invited. Mm -hmm. You are cordially invited. And after you have done that, you are invited to bring, to bring your sit down and shut up Cross the Jordan. You're invited to cross. Yep, you. You're invited to cross. And guess what? Elijah said to Elisha, what exactly do you want from me? Tell me now. So you are invited to follow after, follow after, go to the house of God, to the place of fragrance, descend, and you're still going to cross over all quietly, shut up and lean. You're going to do all of that. It's a word. You're going to do all of that until you're asked what you want. You're going to do all of that until you're asked what you want and even when you ask look at elijah elijah said i want a double portion he didn't i want a double portion of of what you got i want a double portion of it but what he got the specifics of what he got was the glory the specifics of what he got was the splendor and the magnificence that's what he got he didn't know how to put words to what he got because up until this point it doesn't seem like i just elijah said a, a whole sentence or paragraph to him he just followed he looked he listened he learned he looked he listened he learned that's what he did. He, he looked, he listened, he learned. I have no doubt that any place he went, if somebody asked him who he was, servant of Elijah, that's who I am. I'm servant of Elijah. That's who I am. That's who I am. I am Elisha, servant of Elijah. That's who I am. When, I, when you see me out and about and you ask me who I am, I'm going to say, Marie, Apostle Kent's administrator. That's who I'm Marie, Apostle Kent's administrator. Marie, servant of Apostle Kent. That's what I do. That's what I do. See, we don't, you know what? 
we can't we can't today carry any weight w-e-i-g-h-t because we refuse to serve see serving requires waiting and and listen if you are not willing to wait you never get to the weight and it explains why we have people jumping rank so i'm not i'm not um i'm not i don't want to be i don't want to be um a prophet today you know because i got a new revelation from god and he told me that the sky is indeed blue with a little white mixed in and because of that because of that i have seen him and i'm no longer a prophet and i am an apostle and um listen no 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 i can't teach i can't be the teacher anymore because see god gave me a, rev a revelation and he told me that jesus does indeed love me and he died to save me and you and because of that revelation i can no longer be a teacher i now have to be a pastor see because i need to teach the sheep that jesus does love them so i must graduate now i'm i decided i decided myself that i am now you know um the apostle of the third level of the heavens and the clouds i've decided that i decided that i am the arch of the arch of the third level of the bishopric of you know the prophet apostles that's me i'm in charge of it all i'm in charge of it all as a matter of fact as a matter of fact let me backtrack. As a matter of fact, I am an apostle, a prophet, a pastor, a teacher, an evangelist. I'm all of them. I'm all of them. I'm all of them. See, because not, not one thing, not one gift can hold me. Not one thing can hold me. That's us. That's us now. See, we, we go from, we don't want to carry the weight to be what God told us to be, but we're more than willing to claim all the things that God never said we were. And how do I know we're willing to claim the things that God never said we were? Because I watch us switch. We switch like, um, I would say, mm, every six months or so, we switch roles. We switch roles. Up, oh, I was the teacher. Oh, nope, now I'm the evangelist. Oh, wait a minute, I'm the pastor. Oh, wait a minute, I gotta be the bishop. Oh, no, oh, wait a minute, that's not thoughtful. Okay, wait a minute, back, I'm, I'm back. I'm at the, I'm a prophet now. Oh, what? no, because they don't, okay, no, I'm gonna be an apostle. You know, we don't, we don't take the time to follow so that we know. We don't take the time to serve so that we know. Serving, Serving is a lost art. It is a lost art. When I was younger, they had, I grew up Baptist and Baptist knew how to take you through the ranks. They took you through the ranks. You did not just walk in and declare you were anything. You had to go to school. They required licenses. I mean, they had a walking something for everything. You had the walking deacon, the walking, you know, and it was just, it was, you know, they had, they had a means of training to take you through so that you didn't get haughty and think that you were something that you're not because you, first of all, hadn't earned the credentials to go with the thing you said you were. So you had to earn those credentials first. Sometimes I think in the church today, maybe we need to pick up a little bit of that and make folk go through credentials. But see, you all won't stick around. You won't stick around. You will search around for somebody who will tell you you are who you say you are. We won't wait on God. We won't, we won't serve another. Oh God, we will never come under and serve somebody else. Oh my God, we won't serve another person's vision. Oh my Lord, that is too hard. That is too hard. We can't, we're not committed. We're not committed to God and the things of God. We are not committed to God and the people of God. We can't even obey. We can't even obey. Listen, when I was younger, my mother had this thing where anything that was in our church, she created a youth version of it. 
So we had the junior usher board. And so the way we learned how to usher was we stood in our little uniforms next to the senior usher. You know, the, we had the junior deacons and it was the, the kids and they had to sit with a certain deacon they were assigned to. They had to wear a little black suit. If that's what they, if it was their Sunday to serve and they had to sit in the chair right next to them, they better have that Bible and whatever he did, they did. Whatever he did, if it was time for communion, they had to get up and stand next to him and do and follow his instruction for communion. If there was, if it was a, if it was a person becoming a, a leader, like a pastor, you were, you, you had to give a trial sermon and then you still weren't a pastor. You had to walk with that pastor and you had to serve that pastor. All of that is lost now. I, I remember the generation when I was graduating college that all that got thrown out and people were literally coming out of college and submitting resumes to churches to be pastors. And they had never, you know, had never served under anyone in that particular capacity. Yes, they had attended a church and they had sat in the pew, but they had never served anyone. And people were giving them, allowing them to pastor their churches based on their resume. And now we have what we have now, where people just start their own ministries and decide who they are. And then if you won't agree with them, then they don't want to fellowship with you. They're going to go find a person that will agree with them. But here we have, here we have Isaiah, I mean, Isaiah, because I'm thinking about it. Here we have Elisha that regardless, regardless, invitation or no, no invitation, all he knew was a man of God walked by and threw a mantle at him. And all he knew was that was a man of God and I'm following him. How many of us are willing to take the heat of our families, walking away from our families to follow a true man and woman of God? If it means that we can finally grow up in God, how long are we going to be happy being children how long are we going to be happy happy walking around with our listen we've been children so long that nobody ain't carrying around diaper bags for us we carry our own diaper bag with our own bottle and our own milk because we just enjoy being children we just enjoy we don't need no steak and potatoes nobody got time for that milk is easier we're just walking around, just any excuse to not grow up. But I'm telling you, there is a way, and you're not going to get, okay? So let's be clear. You are not going to get where God has for you to go. You will not get the weight, the W-E-I-G-H-T, without the weight, the W-A-I-T. You will not get it. You will not get it. So if you're walking around now and you never, I don't, I listen, I don't care how many people you have following you. If you have, if you have never, if you have never sat under for years, a man or a woman of God and waited and learned what God was calling you to and learned the ins and outs of what God is calling to you, calling you to learn what God would have you to do with what he's giving you, learn what God has given you. If you have not done that, your best, your best move right now would be to shut it down and tell all those people, come and follow me over here. I know a leader that we all going to sit under until we get this thing right. Come on, this is why we have leaders and pulpits that can't be faithful to their wives because they never followed another leader that was faithful to their wife. Another, another leader that was faithful to her husband. They never followed them. I'm not saying they don't exist. You just choose not to follow them because you can do it all by yourself because you can learn everything all by yourself because you can know everything all by yourself. Everybody needs a point of reference. And the point of reference can't be, I'm at home reading my Bible and I'm praying by myself and I'm good. You need another point of reference. Otherwise you are weighing yourself by yourself. 
You are saying you know, you are you are testing yourself and you made the test up. And usually you, you put the answers in there too. We're not, you're not, you're not being challenged. Your truth needs to be challenged. What you think you believe needs to be challenged. Who you think you are needs to be challenged. And all, and for those who are the true men and women of God, I'm talking about the apostles and the prophets. You need to start challenging some of these people. Challenge these people. Don't be inviting people into your into your church. Speaking to the people that you suffered blood, sweat tears, crying at night with these people, laying these people's names on the altar, laying them on the altar, throwing them on the altar to get them delivered. You finally get them delivered and you're not going to investigate these people that you allow to come speak, who they serve, who they've been under. You're just handing your people over to, uh, you're just handing your people over to them. If you know me, you know what I was about to say. You're handing your, you're just handing your people over to them, just handing them over to them, so they can undo all the work, all the years that you put in, so that they can undo that. Come on now, we got to be a little bit more aggressive about what God has assigned to our hands. We have to be a lot more confrontational here. We are letting too much slide. There is too much sliding right now. We're in the church. All I'm seeing online is tons of videos with people dancing and shouting. Nobody understands that God does not want that. Nobody is getting that. Nobody understands that God wants you to sit down in the house of God, hear the word of God in simplicity. We don't need you to wear back. We don't need you to shout or dance. We need you to teach these people about relationship with God. That's what we need to be doing right now. Teach people what God is requiring of them. Teach people what God is expecting of them. Nobody wants to tell the people of God what God wants right now. He is over it. He is far over all your theatrics, your church religious practices. He's over it. Can we get simple with God? Come in the church, sit your tail down. We're going to say a hymn. That's what we're going to do. The preacher is going to open up with prayer because he's going to be there on time. He's going to open up with prayer. We're going to sing a hymn. That pastor is going to give a word. You are going to give and support the work of God, and then you're going to leave and go home. No more theatrics. God don't want that no more. Broadway, Church Broadway is shut down now. The stage is over. We, we done ripped up the stage. We done pulled down the curtains. There's a padlock on the door, and some of you are still jimmying that padlock to get in that door so you can get your dance on. That's all you you can think about that's all you think God wants right now he doesn't want it he doesn't want it and don't say no prophet is telling me what God wants I'm telling you now what he wants simplicity pray 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 you got your hymn if you if you're a pop if your pastor wants that and you're gonna hear that word of God and you're gonna answer for that word of God you're gonna begin to live that word of God that's what he wants from you you're going to begin to actually have a relationship with God. That's what God wants from you. He doesn't want the same old, same old. So let, let's get, let's get, let's get like Elijah. First, let's get our, let's begin to recognize the true men and women of God. And let's begin to follow. And let's begin to follow until we're asked 
until we are asked, what is it you want? Until we are asked, what is it that you want? Nobody asks you. Don't be walking in nobody's church telling up that leader what you want. Nobody cares. You don't tell them who you are. They'll let you know when they, they'll let you know when you are who you are. Like my mother used to say, no, when I want your opinion, I'll tell you what it is. And you answer me what I, what I said. See, we don't have that no more. Where are the church mothers at? Where are the church mothers at telling these girls, cover that up, pull that down, and sit down? Where y'all at? It's time for y'all now get back on your first, get back on that first seat of the pew and start guiding these young ladies. Come on, where the deacons at of the church? Get back in your place and start guiding these young men. Tell them that's too tight. Tell them that leg need to come down, pant leg need to come down. Tell them to put some socks on. Can we do that? Can we tell them to look like gentlemen? That it's okay to look like gentlemen? Can we tell the ladies it's okay to look like young ladies? And please tell the folks in the pulpit that it's okay to cover it up. Come in a pulpit of mine like that. You don't want to preach a word. I'm going to shut you down. You all, all hanging out, dressed all short. No, you, you won't come in a pulpit that I'm in. That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. Can we grow up is what I'm saying. Elijah was able to wait on his weight. And all I'm saying today is we're moving far ahead of God in our effort to be something. And I'm talking about those of us who switch our rules every six months. We're moving ahead of God and we're not fully fully ready for what we think we're ready for and not and we're not who we think we are so let's back up a bit y'all know i know you opened up your church in the pandemic shut it down and go find a leader that is walking with god and all of you go serve that leader how about you help them bring their vision to pass because you're not going to get god's not going to even trust you with no vision of your own if he can't trust you with the vision of your leader but you never served under one and you're not serving under one now. How about you go find that person? And I have a feeling most of you know who that person is. Go find that person and go serve. Go wait on your weight. Because if you're not gonna wait on your mantle, you are missing, you are missing the key components of the glory. You are missing the key component of the glory because the glory is wrapped in the mantle. The glory is wrapped in the mantle. So we have to stick around. We have to wait for our weight. How about that? We have to wait for our weight. Wait for our weight. Okay, that is it for tonight. And I thank you all so much for joining me. Let's pray. God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you so much, God, that you call us back from our own foolishness. I thank you so much, God, because you don't let us get so far away from you that the enemy would have us swallow us up and devour us. But I thank you, oh God, that you, you hold us and you protect us. You protect us with your right hand. You don't let any hurt, harm, or danger come nigh our dwelling. And I thank you, oh God, that you're still trying to, you still patiently, patiently trying to mature us in your will and in your purpose. I thank you, God, that, you, that you're trying to raise us up to be fully functional in you because we don't have long to walk worthy of this vocation. And you want us to be, you want us to be fully equipped for what you called us to. And I just thank you, oh God. 
I thank you, oh God, for your patience with us and how you're just walking us through this new place, walking us through what you require of us. You're pulling us away from traditions of religion and religious practice. You're pulling us away from that. And you're informing us more of what you want from us, what you, what you, what you desire of us, that we might walk in the glory of God and not in our own glory but in the glory of God, in the splendor, the splendor, the magnificence of your name. And I thank you, oh God, that you've done just what you said. You never left us and you never forsake us, God. And God, we repent, God. We repent for our arrogance that will have us walking in pride and have us walking in roles and places that you did not assign us to. We repent, oh God. We repent. We repent for, for following after our own will and our own purposes. But God, you've rescued us today. You've rescued us today, God. And we send a permeating word that will vibrate throughout the earth where the angels will go and rescue the people of God from the demonic forces of deception that would have them walking in their own will and purpose and thinking that it's God. And God, I ask you today, God, do your perfect will and work in us, in the earth now, in the name of Jesus. We thank you, oh God, for how you've kept our leadership. We thank you, God, for the patience that, are, that you've given our leadership to guide us, God and teach us the very oracles of Christ. We thank you, oh God, that you've been a savior and a deliverer, not just to us, that you kept us, our leadership, we've kept everything that concerns us through every situation and circumstance. We thank you for how you're blessing us and how you're increasing us. We thank you, oh God, how you're even, how you're even raising up, God, that pure generation, God, that will love you, that will hear you, that will adhere to your word and the leadership that you place before them. Because I believe there's a remnant, even in them, that will be saved and delivered and healed and sanctified and walk in true holiness. And I thank you, God, for every blessing, for every blessing, for every increase, spiritually and naturally, Thank you. You've been true to your word. You've been true to your promises. And I thank you, God. I thank you. I thank you very much. I thank you, God. Please continue to bless and increase our leadership, God. Go out far and wide, God. Bless the leaders, God. I send a, a vibrating word throughout the throughout the earth realm, God, that our leadership, God, would be healed and would be made free and that our leadership, God, would be revived and be rejuvenated. In the name of Jesus, in the name of the Lord, God, make their vision clear to them. Make the manifestation of it clear to your prophets in the name of Jesus the blood of Jesus prevails right now the blood of Jesus prevails right now for everyone under the sound of my voice the blood of Jesus covers their ear gates right